Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Ben Creamer of Ignition Athletic Performance Group in Cincinnati, Ohio, joins us today. Ben is the Director of uh, Education and Sports Science at, uh, at Ignition. So um, if you've been listening to this podcast a while, you know that really intrigues me, especially the sports science of it and the education of coaches and, and trainers. So I think we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. So Ben, thanks for joining us today, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So give us a little bit more about your background um, as an athlete and then maybe transitioning into a coach and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, really starting out as an athlete, I, you know, I was just a three sport, you know, athlete in high school, um, went to a really small high school. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I mean, you only three sports at a small high school. Right. You know, because at high school, you know, if you were a, a decent athlete, they, they, every single coach tried to pull you to their team. And so, um, you know, and they, I, I enjoyed it at the time, never really specialized on one. I was just, you know, football, basketball, baseball, um, you know, most of my high school career. And um, then my senior year, you know, I hit the injury bug pretty hard, um, you know, you know uh, tore my hamstring actually twice, um, you know, had a, had a, a leg injury in, in football. And I just kind of going through that rehab process, I got kind of frustrated to even pursue, um, you know, college athletics, you know, kind of even before all that happened, if you had asked me, I would, I would have wanted to go play some sport at some college, knowing that, you know, it'd probably be a smaller college, but just like to, to be competitive. Um, so actually, I, I really started getting passionate about the other side of things, because I realized that, you know, a lot of those issues that caused my injury were, were could have been prevented, or some ways of my training habits, because, I, I love I love the weight room. I was always there, you know, in baseball, I was there at 6 a.m. I was there before school, after school. Um, but I, I wanted to work hard, but I didn't really know what to do. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of our, our high school strength coach, you know, printed something off the internet, and, I, and that was our, our workout plan for the day. Right, um, right. So, you know, I just found a passage kind of for the other side of it um, in the training and, you know, started out at Ignition when I still just had an associate's degree. I, uh, I had a couple more years left at college. I started at Ignition in 2005. Um, through there, I just grown with the company. You know, I've had the uh, you know amazing opportunities through Ignition to work with really high-level athletes at a young age, um, and you know, with that, um, been able to work with you know, you know, high school kids, even youth athletes, um, to college, to pro, so to see the entire spectrum of athletic development from 10 years old, you know, all the way up to the professional level and to the elite, you know, with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, really just kind of gave me a really good snapshot and the whole continuum of the training thing and. Um, more importantly, not necessarily the differences between, but the similarities there are in training. You know, through those years, I, you know, I trained a pro boxer. I was uh, into martial arts a lot, so I developed mm-hmm. a hand fighting program for um, for football. You know, I've been doing that with the Cincinnati Bengals for eight to nine years now. Um, like I said, I trained in corner a pro boxer. I brought on the sports science at Ignition um, and, um, you know, really tried, you know, stay busy. I traveled to Atlanta and trained uh, A.J. Green and, 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm here and there a lot, you know, and now actually um, my title's changed. Actually, I'm the uh, director of performance now at Ignition. So after, you know, 14 years there, I'm you know, taking on um, kind of that lead role and really just trying to, um, you know, pay it forward and, and to give back, you know, some of those opportunities that I was given as a young coach and be sure that our younger coaches are getting good opportunities and I'm pouring them and pouring into them and, and building them up, um, you know, to be well-rounded coaches because, you know, I have zero uh, career sacks and <laughs> zero <laughs> career collegiate playing experience. Um, and before I never thought that I could, you know, be in a, a situation to work with um, high level athletes or anything like that. I, I was never the big strength coach, you know, buffed up, you know, drill sergeant type. But um, what I found that, that, you know, that stuff just, it doesn't really matter. You know, there, there's, there are just stereotypes for reason, but it's, it's really just, um, if you, you know, if you're, you can reflect, um, you know, really who you are um, through your coaching. Um, you're authentic about it. Um, mm-hmm. that, that those are the biggest things um, and, you know, creating buy-in with the athletes. So you said a couple of things interesting there. Um, so you got in at Ignition at, at a very early age and you said, you know, you went back and uh, we talked earlier about before the podcast about how you got your degree in organizational leadership. And I, I'm very familiar with that because my wife also has that same degree, little, little different spectrum though. She's not, <laughs> she's not on the sports yeah. side of things like you are, but, um, and I thought that was really interesting because you, you chose to go that route instead of maybe like an exercise science route, even though you were already uh, training, can you kind of talk us through uh, maybe why you went that route and how that helps you now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was, um, I had, I was given some advice, which, you know, I found to be really great advice early on when I was kind of in those crossroads of, all right, do I pursue exercise science? You know, I'm going to be in school a little bit longer or I just, can I go ahead and graduate? Cause I'm already in my career. I felt like, and I felt like I was going to be a step ahead just because of already being, being in it and doing something that I love that I wanted to pursue as a career. And the advice given to me was that, um, you know, to, to do the organizational leadership because, even like an exercise science degree. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about that. I think there's brilliant programs out there and they, they're, they're, uh, they're great for, for student athletes or, you know, you know students to pursue. Um, but the advice given was to me is that, you know, through coaching, you have to get, you know, I was encouraged to get my CSCS and I just have to have a four year bachelor's degree. Um, a lot of that comes, the coaching side comes with experience, with hands-on experience, with uh, mm-hmm. certifications that you necessarily don't get in college, you kind of get, you know, after college. And plus, if anything else happened, you know, I'd have something else to fall back on, where, you know, an exercise science degree kind of, I was told that, you know, could be a little bit limiting um, into what what job opportunities are there. Um, So knowing that I wanted to be a coach, I kind of wanted something to give me um, a good base, uh, something well-rounded, something that could kind of fill into a lot of different categories if coaching didn't work out for me. Um, and something as well that I could use, use with coaching. So, you know, I'm glad I got the advice, um, yeah. you know, and graduated a little sooner and, and, you know, got right to work. Yeah, that's really, that's really, really good advice. And the more I talk to more professionals like yourself about how they got into uh, the, either strength and conditioning or the training, the coaching side of things, as much as a, a proponent I am of, of the education field, I think, you know, the, the more time you can get reps in yourself as a coach, the better that's going to make you. You can learn what you need to learn in the gym. And let's be honest, if, if you're working with someone, if you were an athlete working with someone, um, you're going to know right away whether or not they know their stuff. 
you're not going to, you're not going to care whether or not they have that four year, five year degree, um, or, or they've just put in the work themselves and, and learn themselves. Right. Cause if you're, absolutely, if, you're, absolutely. if you're passionate about it enough to have the degree and I'm one of those people who, who have the, who has the degree, but I'm not certified, but I still educate myself and vice right. versa. If you, if you don't have that degree, but you put in the work and you can still educate yourself. So you can stay current regardless. Um, exactly. And the, and the more I start to talk to more people and the more I start to change my own views about that and the more I, I'm really, um, I'm just interested in to, to see people's paths because I had no idea that going through an exercise science program could lead into personal training, personal coaching, fitness coaching, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, sport, the sports science side of things, uh, kind of the route that you took because they don't, t- they don't, they don't stress those kind of things. It's very clinical. It's very, um, right. you know, you're, you're going to read diagnostics. You're going to hold a clipboard, check, check, check. And that person hit their one rep max. You're done. You know, so right. you don't, <laughs> you don't think of it, um, uh, being much more, uh, fun number one, uh, and you don't really get like the other side of things where you're going to be working person to person inside of different environments. Cause you don't see that thing. Those you're right. Yeah. College. So you're right. And again, that, you know, that was just kind of my walk. Everybody's walk is, 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 you know, a little bit different. Um, that was just kind of where I was in my career, kind of, um, advice that was given to me at that time. You know, there's, I've been around some amazing coaches that went with exercise science or kinesiology and, and, Mm -hmm. and turned out to be uh, extremely successful and great coaches. Um, so I'm not saying that's the way to go, but it's not the only way. You right. know, it's, it's doesn't have to, to be like that. You can have great coaches that have PE degrees or finance degrees right. or whatever that, that might fall back on something because you immerse yourself into continuing education. Um, you know, as being a coach, you kind of, that's what you automatically sign up for. You know, you're a coach is that you are constantly searching and, and trying to learn to find right. that perfect workout or that perfect exercise, knowing that there isn't really one, right. but it's the constant search that, that really, you know, it makes you coach and how you gain the knowledge. Yeah. Without that, then you don't know how, especially if you get stuck in one methodology and I don't want to go too down, too deep down a rabbit, a rabbit hole. But if you, if you come out of the gate as an athlete and let's say, you know, you went and got your exercise science degree and you were taught one way to train by an instructor or something like that. And you get stuck in that one methodology, you limit yourself. Maybe you find a, a, a niche group to, to follow you and that's great. But you know, if you want to want to adapt and change and, and constantly grow yourself, because the, the coach mm-hmm. that you, I think a, a young coach, and maybe you can attest to this also starting out in an industry, you're probably going to be more people, certain, certain type of people are going to be drawn to a younger coach. And as you get to like, you know, your mid thirties, forties, you're going to start to attract other, other certain types of players or people. And then as mm-hmm. you, as you grow, um, you know, if I'm in my fifties and my sixties, let's, hopefully I'm still coaching and training uh, clients. I'm going to attract, you know, a different type of person then. And, and maybe that same methodology might not be the best for the type of person that I'm training. Now, obviously, you know, if I'm doing strength training, sound simple strength training, that's one thing, but right. how, to, how to address a certain person and how to relate to a certain person and get your, your methodology across to that person, it's going to change over time. So to be Absolutely. around, yeah. To, so to be around different people and, and constantly strive to learn, 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 and and chase like that elusive, uh, perfect workout, <laughs> if there right. was such a thing. But you're right. You're right. The first thing time I heard about that is is uh, from a book uh, called Why Do Zebras Get Ulcers by Robert Sapolsky, and he talks about categorical thinking. Um, 
And when you have that one kind of, you know, fixated, if you look at things categorically, if you're, you're trained under a certain umbrella, let's say I'm a Olympic lifting guy, right? I tend to look at only things through that lens. And so if you look at things with blinders on, then you, what you miss everything in between. For example, if we if, you know, over here in America, if we look at a rainbow of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, well, over in Europe, maybe they have a color that's in between red and orange, you know? So it, when, you, when you only look at things in, in a categorical way, you lose what's, what's in the, between those lines. Same mm-hmm. thing in strength training. When you're fixated on one model, um, sometimes you, you, can, you can lose a whole spectrum of things. You can lose the big picture. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And another thing that kind of correlates with that is, because I think it goes along with like the methodology and something you, you uh, ended your introduction with was the, the buy-in, which I'm always so interested in. I've, I've done a lot of different podcasts about it. So if people are sick about it, well, you, you know, suck it up. You can always learn more. But the, the buy-in process for people, I think, is everybody has, again, their own way of doing things. But one thing that everybody that I've talked to has always said is you know, pe- the athlete or the person – you're working with, they don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And that was one of the very first things that you said to me when we we first hopped on the phone about the podcast. So tell us a little bit about why the buy-in process is so important to you and maybe your uh, methodology and how you, how you get people to buy, to buy into your process and how you help people. You know what? I I think that the buy-in process, The, you know, the buy-in process is, is so important. Um, you know, I, I, I just feel like it's kind of the, that hidden gem or if there was a secret in strength training, it's that aspect. I tell people a lot of times that psychology trumps physiology. And so, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, you can't just go in there and be like, you know, tell it, oh, I care, I, I care about, you know, you have to do it in an authentic way and let it kind of, you know, gradually instill in the athlete. You know, you know first thing, you know, when an athlete comes in is, Number one, I, I want them to know that they matter, that if even if they're a part of a team and they're the third string, bottom of the totem pole, that they matter, that they have worth. Um, you know, what they, what they do and how they interact with their teammates um, does affect everyone else, you know. So there, there is, there's, they should have self-worth there. You know, as, as um, you know, representing Ignition and the brand we do, you know, we, we, we instill a lot of faith-based aspects. And so number one is, is you're a son of God and God doesn't care, you know, you know, how good of an athlete you are. He cares about your character and what type of person you are, what's on the inside. Um, so number one, once, once they have you know, that self-worth and, and they know that regardless of if you're a great player or not player, if you're weak or strong or immobile or whatever your deficiencies are physically, that, you know, you're still there for them, that, that you're still going to help them on that road. They really, they will, um, you know, they just, they just tend to instill that faith in you. And once you get that faith for them, you know, then you can take them from point A to point B. The X's and O's don't matter as much. You know, you can have beautiful programming, um, you know, great knowledge in the X's and O's of training, if you will, and which is important. But if the athlete is, you know, maybe they think that there's some strings attached or there's some selfish ambition there or you have an ulterior motive, they're only about halfway in. And so you're not going to get the same results. But if they can kind of – you can be transparent and they can see – your authenticity. They can see that, you know, what you're, where you're trying to take them, you know, you're, you're all in as well. And they just need to meet you halfway. And right. that's when the results really come. Do you think that starts with 
um, the first time that you meet an athlete? Do you, do you think it starts, you know, during their first workout or their first assessment? Uh, does it happen maybe after they start seeing results? When, when does all that start to come to fruition for you? You know, it's, it's very unique. It's, it's, it's different and it's kind of based different on the athlete. I don't think there's, there's like a one formula, one size fits all approach. I think as a coach, you have to be somewhat of a chameleon, meaning yeah. that you're not, you're not changing who you are, but you're adapting your message to that person. So that message is, is delivered effectively. Um, I'm not going to coach everybody exactly the same. Now still I'm, I am who I am. I'm not, I can't completely just split my styles like that. But if I know that, you know, someone might, might receive this message more effectively if I deliver it like this versus this person, then I have to base that on, on that individual. And some people are maybe a little harder to get to. You know, there, there's guys I've worked with where after a year or two, then I kind of really start pouring into them. And then I, I get that receptiveness back. Some guys, it's instantaneous. There's kind of this immediate connection. Um, some guys, you know, it takes time though. You know, quality yeah. comes with quantity, meaning that the the, the quality time that you, you put in at, you know, time and time again, um, that's where you get the quality, you know, even, even like, you know, having daughters is some of the, the best moments, the moments I remember for the rest of my life is because I'm there and I'm there consistently. It's not just this hallmark moment that because we go on vacation and we have this great moment that I remember. No, it's, it's the real small things here and there, but they happen with quantity. They happen because, I make, you know, I'm breakfast in the morning and my daughter just runs up and gives me a big hug or something. You know, it's very, yeah. it's the small thing. Same thing with the thing with athletes, you know, you have to be consistent and you have to be authentic. And the more chances I, I, I get, I get that because some people are probably like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like the, that there's more quantity and, and versus quality, but the more chances you are available for that person, then the more, as long as you're being authentic, the more, the more likely hood of them seeing how how much you care if you're only if right, you only show right. up you only show up for when it matters um like you know like like a soccer game going right. to one soccer game going to and that and that's you know from a, the conversation we started right right before the podcast like if you're only showing up during the big moments where the big things happen People know you're not authentic. They know you're not you're you're not uh, looking for their their best their best interest. But if you're showing up like during the small moments, also when they might yes. have like some a little bit of struggle, a little bit of doubt, yep. um, those those kind of things, and and for the good stuff too, you know, celebrating in in, uh, in the small steps too. Like athletes have those moments. Like if you're you know making uh, breakfast for your daughters, they have those moments where maybe they came in and you just remember something that they told you two weeks ago. That could have been part of their family or uh, you, they say something about like their favorite artist and you buy them a t-shirt with their favorite artist. Right. It's like a, a funny meme or something. I don't know. Those kind of things matter over the long term. And the more opportunity you get to, to have those moments with athletes and with your, your clients, uh, the people you work with, the better. Um, yes. I find, I find for me, I find that I, it really does maybe it's different because of the personal training side of things, but if you can show a person that you have a plan for them after listening to them, that it's not just a run of the mill. Okay. You're here now. I gotcha. Ha ha ha. You know, we're right. just going to do whatever I want you to do. But if you can set forth a plan to help them accomplish goals and, and show that to them across the board, that also helps to create, create, maybe that's a little bit more program buy-in, mm -hmm. but I think by having program buy-in 
and you can tell the person, this is why we're doing this. It's not just because, um, it's not just because you're here just to work out. It's because it's going to help you play with your kids. It's going to help you pick up groceries. It's going to help you get upstairs. All of those things. Then they think, oh, wow, this person, A, they know what they're doing, which is also important, but they also care about my longevity. Absolutely. Uh, I think everybody wants that. Like I, I want that when I go in to talk to somebody about, you know, finances or, yeah. you know, something like that. Everybody wants to have a plan and they want to know that, that you're thinking long-term and not just about what's in front of you at the moment. Exactly. You're using all your knowledge and, and your, your, your tools and putting your best foot forward to, to take your time and your expertise to draw them out a map. And, you yeah. know, even, even with that, I completely agree. Even with that, I will ask, my athletes a lot of the times of like, you know, I, I don't give them complete say, I let them program, but I let them have a little bit of say of like, yeah. you know, how, you know, how'd you, how'd you like that workout or how, how does this feel? You know, how'd you feel after that workout today? You know, are there certain things that, you know, you like more than others? And so they feel kind of a bit empowered. Like they do have a say, they do have a little bit of control. You know, it's not like I give the reins over completely, right. but you know, I'm going to take their feedback. You know, I want their feedback, whether it's good or bad and, you know, maybe a, a, adjust things maybe not adjust things, but, um, you know, just to me that, that also creates more buy-in to, to give them a little bit of, of say and, and, um, give them that, that opportunity to give me feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Without that, it just, if we're just, uh, I think they, they, they know when we're kind of going through the motions too. If there's no, if there's no conversation about the work that you, both of you just put in, if you're coaching an athlete or you're coaching like a workout and at the very end, you're just like, all right, on to the next one then right, right. how do they, you know, if they don't give you, if they don't give you feedback on, you know, I don't think my deadlift was great. If you're not giving feedback, like, Hey, good deadlift, straighten up, flatten right. your back, you know, drive, drive it into your shins. Some, some, the coaching cues go a long way too. And people notice that people notice that when you, when you have, uh, if you walk into a gym, maybe I'm going down, maybe I'm going off a, a little bit, but if you're not paying attention to like the small things and maybe the workout or two before you were paying attention to those things. And they, they might like, I kind of feel like athletes and clients, sometimes they like to catch you slipping a little bit uh-huh. and they might call you out on it. It's not a, it's not like a, it's not like vengeful, but it's like, Hey coach, you know, uh-huh. you know, did you check me back there? How, yeah. how deep did I get? And that's yep. good because that, that to me, that makes me feel like, I'm still doing my job. Maybe I didn't say it right away, but didn't, that doesn't mean I didn't notice. But that also means that they get the process, right? Yes, yes. My wife yeah. does that that worse than anyone. I'll, <laughs> I'll take her to the gym and work out, and she'll be, "How's my form? It looks great." She's like, "Well, you, I, you had your back turned while you were watching the girls. You can see it then." I'm- <laughs> right. That's one hundred percent true. You know, it's uh, funny, it's funny about that. Like, but oh, man, I hope it. Some, sometimes, sometimes my wife listens to my podcast and sometimes she doesn't. So hopefully maybe she <laughs> this one, but there are times like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be training her, uh, you know, taking her through a workout and uh, maybe I'll glance at my phone a few more times than I should, you know, mm-hmm. whether when I'm with a client, I won't do that. But then it's my wife, like she knows what to do and I'll, I'll answer like a text message to a client or I'll plug something in or whatever it is. And she's like, you know, Hey, how was that? How was that rep? How was that set? And I'm like, oh, baby, you're good. Yeah. She's like, you weren't, what are you talking about? She's like, uh-huh. you just be, she's like, be right here. Be present. Be, be with mm-hmm. them. I'm like, you're, you're right. You're 100% yeah. right. So people like to keep you in check. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the same breath, like, you know, I can spend all day and, and tell, you know, you know, 300 pound men what to do all day. But then, you know, my 120 pound wife won't listen to it. You know, 
you know, do 10 reps, honey. He's like, I, I just want to do six. I, yeah, I'll grab this weight. Dude. Okay, whatever you say. Yeah, all right, Bob. All right, fine. All right, you know what? It's your workout, babe. Right, right. <laughs> it's your workout. I'm just living in it. Uh, that's awesome, coach. Hey, Ben, I, I appreciate it. I know you got a, you got a busy schedule ahead still. Um, going to a soccer game with your daughters, which is awesome. Um, if anybody has any more questions, comments, concerns, uh, where's the best place to reach you? Uh, you know, ignition APG, uh, you know, all, all my contact information is on the website. So okay. www.ignitionapg.com. Um, you know, they can get a hold of me through there and I, you know, I'd be more than happy to, you know, I love, talking I, I love talking shop like this um so yeah yeah it, you know every anybody ever wants to get a hold of me you know that'd be the best way awesome Ben. well i appreciate it man have a great rest of your night and we'll talk to you soon thanks a lot eric appreciate it thanks for listening don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts if you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show get in touch with eric on any social media platform at eric feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com